listener production. So, Natalie. Cecilia. How are you feeling about your age? <laughs> I don't actually care about age. <laughs> I let go of that a long time ago. I really did. I don't care. I actually have never really cared about age, though, I don't think. I always wanted to be older. Ah. Oh. I don't know that well, I, I don't know that I still apply. I was that gonna say I think now. you're probably on the cusp of where you might reverse yeah. that idea. But I, I really don't. I don't actually put any value on it and I don't look at two people and go, Oh, he's older, she's younger, or any of that. I just don't. It's pretty funny. A friend of mine asked me the other day how old he was turning, and of course I, <laughs> I overestimated, which is oh what I always do. But it's funny. a guy, he didn't matter, he <laughs> didn't care. But the reason I ask you is um a friend of mine sent me an article on the weekend about turning fifty and the art of not giving a stuff. That was the title of it. It was written by Susan. <laughs> and Horsbrough for the Sydney Morning Herald. It was pretty funny because it was basically talking about how no one really pays attention to her and she actually is fine with that because she just doesn't give a stuff. It's given her this, like it's liberated her to the point where she's like walking around singing out loud in the supermarket, which I must say I do and I'm not 50 yet, but like you do reach that point where you sort of go, well, hopefully, what does it matter? Like, I'm me. This is okay. Can you just backtrack for a second? Yeah. You sing in the supermarket? Yeah. <laughs> to yourself or no, to the to people? No, the backing track. Oh. You like know, it's hear like a song that inspires oh, you. Oh, it's like your own little uh, concert. Yeah, like a movie Pushing soundtrack of my real life. Anyway, today our guest is going to help us out with this kind of idea of uh, turning 50, which is pretty funny really, isn't it? 50 seemed like an old person age somewhere down the track, oh. but maybe not so much anymore. Well, actually, I love, I'm going to introduce Deborah. Deborah Atkins is a good friend of mine. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Deborah Atkinson. I'm the founder of Flipping 50. Sorry. Yeah. What I love is that you talk about midlife babes and how we can regain our energy <laughs> and our vitality. And that's one of the reasons I was so keen to chat with her along the side, alongside the fact that she's a good friend. But I'm really interested to talk about these stages and phases, especially when it comes to our body composition and how we move and support our bodies better, because it does change, but we kind of just don't treat it as such. We kind of look at ourselves, I think, from when we're in our mid-20s and we sort of, sort of I guess we understand ourselves a little bit better at that point in time. In terms of what you do for input and output, does it really change? Like, do you eat any different? Do you exercise any differently? You know, we do things for selfish reasons. So when I was flipping 50 and realized, oh my gosh, right? This number sounds so big, so different. I thought it would be so different when I got here, you know, and we'll have to talk about middle age because I'm sure at one point I thought that was 40, but now it's like, it's a moving target. (laughs) Like every time I get closer, it moves some more, right? So I don't feel like I'm at middle age and I'm 57 or about to be. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, to talk about the fat and the muscle and do we do things differently and how and how do we avoid doing them incorrectly and avoiding all the dogma of years gone by, but it's still out there. And it's so hard with social media. Women are seeing it every day. So trying to be a louder voice, stand on a bigger pillar and be heard and seen. I think also we had the privilege of speaking with another friend of ours, um, Dr. Stephanie Esteemer, and we talked about how, and you do talk a lot about what's appropriate for phases and stages as women, but she made reference to the fact that we're not little men. Mm. Or mice. (laughs) 
Right, exactly. It changes, right? <laughs> and not mice. It's <laughs> so true, isn't it? They do all these yeah. tests on mice and then apparently we're supposed to be the same. <laughs> yeah. Right? How's so, that working out? I know. So, I mean, where do we go wrong? Like, we get it when you say it. It makes sense. We change as we get older. and But why do we not? I don't know why it's, this is such a phenomenal idea that all of a sudden, oh, that makes sense. It does make sense. But, you know, we repeat things so much. And, you know, I don't think we've had any year where we could say how true that is. And we've seen it than this past year. So at the beginning of April last year, we were just, this was so new and so fresh. But I began talking and you you all began talking about your specific niche. But I began talking about exercise for immunity. And everybody thinks, well, exercise in moderation. That's not true. That's a hangover from the late 80s that has been replaced by science decades ago. But we're still saying it. Doctors are still saying it. And it's really, it's moderate amounts of high intensity and moderate amounts of low intensity exercise. But really moderate exercise is like no benefits zone is what I call that. I mean, nothing good happens there. Nothing. Yeah, it's define a, moderate yeah, exercise. I was say, yeah. <laughs> what is, is that, that? Just getting off the couch to get another juice from the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> no, so think of it as a pyramid. So equilateral pyramid, and there are five zones. Zone one is on the bottom, and that is it's the widest and the broadest of that pyramid because it's our all-day activity. You can do it for hours and hours and That's the kind of thing when you're running around your house, you have to clean it or you want to clean it depending on who you are, because you're very different than me if you want to clean your house. But that's all day activity. You can do it. You're on the go. You're on the move. But you're not necessarily getting out of breath. And then zone two is really endurance exercise. So it's what we used to think 20 and 30 years ago, like that's where you got to get, got to get to steady state. I can tell you so many times I've done this little diagram with my hands. We elevate the heart rate and then we coast. We get into that steady state where you're in your target zone and we stay there. And it's like, no, you should not be doing that. When we do that for 45 and 60 minutes, which is what women have locked into their heads, that that's an effective workout, we actually start spiking cortisol. Starts to backfire on us, not go the right way. So we're actually going to gain cortisol pounds, not lose them, not burn calories. It's not going to work. Zone three is the next zone. So let me skip it for a moment and I'll come back to it. Zone four is that place where we're really talking about interval training when we're starting to get breathless. That's where we hit it, but then we get out of there. We don't can't hang out up there for very long and we start talking in short breaths between, you know, and you start asking more questions if you're running with somebody, right? You tell me your story. And then zone five is like you're sprinting to a finish line. You are not going to look down and say, what is my heart rate? You're just going to go and then you're going to fall over, stumble, put your hands on your knees and have to stop. So zone four and five, we should hit those. We should visit them. Very small proportion of our weekly exercise, but we should get there. It's very important and a high priority, but not to spend a lot of time there. Zone three is usually a drift from doing zone two for too long. Your heart rate will just drift. We call it cardiac drift. And you're either just doing it for too long and it's become too intense or you're dehydrated. And so your heart rate will go up. 
And that's not necessarily good news. It doesn't mean you're working harder. It actually means your body is probably going to produce more cortisol. Or it's that you're not doing that high-intensity exercise. You're just not quite pushing yourself to breathlessness. Mm. And so it's muddy. It's kind of just where the water is gray and murky. Nothing good happens there. The only people who should really spend a lot of time there are people who trained for half marathons. You know, and which is not none of it. most of say, us. <laughs> I think I've identified part of the reason where we're going wrong, right? Because when you say that, you know, it makes perfect sense. And you you think about that and you're like, yeah, okay, I can think about the times when I did this sorts of exercise and whatever. But then when you also put into the mix, you know, how much sleep you're getting, what your nutrition's like, whether you're in menopause or perimenopause, or you know, there's so many things happening in our bodies. I think that sometimes when we listen to people who know what they're talking about, like listening back to Stephanie Esteemer, I was like, oh yeah, I get this. Whoa. But then I walk away and think, oh, I'm confused because I'm me and I don't know which parts apply. So how do we make it easy for us to figure out what's right for us? Yeah. Well, number one, your body never lies. So, you know, I mean, the easiest way to describe that is, you know, I'll tell somebody, don't worry about your heart rate. Kind of like, don't worry about calories. I mean, if you feel like you're having a heart attack, you probably are. Let's pay attention to that, right? And if you feel fine and somebody says your heart rate's too high, you know, I would just go with the, I feel fine. I feel fine. Because unless someone has actually put you on the treadmill and done a test with you to say, here's where your heart rate should be. This is what this feels like when you are at an interval. Here's where your heart rate is when you're at eye intensity. You really don't know. And most of the charts that are on equipment or on the wall somewhere or in big, bright colors, well, you have a heart rate monitor on at some businesses. Unless you've been tested, they're wrong. Mm. So that's one of the easiest ways to come back to, how do I know if it's working for me? So that's in the workout. But then you've got after the workout, honey, if you feel like taking a nap, it's probably too much, right? You should feel more energized at least within two hours after your workout, you should have bounced back, feel like, I am so glad I did that. I could go all day. I've got energy. I'm thinking better. I'm firing on all cylinders. That's what you're supposed to feel like after exercise. You're not supposed to feel so beaten up. You can't get out of your chair or sit down on the toilet. I mean, that's a bit much, right? We're supposed to get better from the gym, not just get better at the gym. Where do you think most of us get this wrong? Is it that we're just using old principles no one's ever told us or we haven't had time to learn? Mm. Because I feel like, like you said, it's like, oh, but I don't know where this fits for me. I guess maybe that's part of it too. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. We are using old principles and change is really hard. Mm, That's true. If you've heard something over and over and over again, you've heard it a hundred times and read it and you're going to keep seeing it because I've been on both sides of preparing fitness professionals for their careers. So I've taught at the university in kinesiology for 15 years. And we certainly don't have time to go very deep into female hormones. Are you kidding me? We're trying to get them out, being able to take a blood pressure and a heart rate. And in four years, there's a lot of pressure for colleges to get people out in four years. And there's not time to do a lot more than the basic ABCs. They have a well-rounded education, right? That's a degree. 
And on the certification side, I'm also a subject matter expert. So I write the exam items for personal trainer, health coach, and medical exercise specialist tests. And here's what they tell us when we're in the room about to start writing items, that all we're trying to do here is figure out who has the least amount of knowledge to enter the field. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that won't hurt someone. Right. I mean, that is it. Oh, wow. 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 No wonder sometimes it takes a little while to find the person that I know, right? you, know, you, totally. you can right. listen to and make sense of what they say. So, so we're, asking, we're asking, are you certified? And feeling like a yes means, oh, great. I've got a qualified one. You got to ask a little bit more than that. different body compositions mm. you know we're all like Cecilia said I don't know how it applies for me and I'm different to her and you know and we're all about how you exercise like you're great at exercise I do exercise and then I feel like I'm on the biggest loser and want to vomit and then don't want to do it for the next week so <laughs> well, you know, hang on. Like, I have to say <laughs> after lockdown it was pretty hilarious yeah. we went you know we were in lockdown in Melbourne for extremely long time <laughs> I went back to personal training thank goodness um, eventually and my first session back Mm. I looked up in the mirror and my lips were blue. Wow. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, I, and I just, kept, I just kept thinking, how can this be? How can you get so unfit so quickly? Because you do. You lose the fitness really quickly. And I was very, very tired after that. But yeah. you've got to start somewhere too, I think. And each time I step back into that, I'm like, I want to keep going because I don't want to ever feel like that <laughs> no, again. No, exactly. <laughs> right? Get past it. True. There's truth to that. You do lose it fairly quickly, but you also will gain it back much more quickly than you got there the first time. There is a thing such as muscle memory, not a lie. And so if it's been a year, it'll take a little bit longer than if it was a nice beach vacation, but you'll get there. And you are no slacker now. Well, no, I like to pride myself on my, you know, I, I know that it, there's a mindset element to all of that, right? And that's what, that, or if you don't quite have that mindset, that's why you have somebody to get you into that mm. mindset to keep it you there. It does help. Totally really does helps. Help. But truly, do we need to move according to our body type? And how do we work even out what yeah. that is? Yep. Yeah, actually, it helps. So it's a layer and there's so many layers, right? So we need to pay attention to and tune into what's going on for our joints right now. So we'll have to, that could be a limiter for somebody what's happening, even though they want the intensity, they want to work hard. If we've got issues with knees and we've got no cartilage or we've got something going on, we have to pay attention to that. We have to pay attention to our hormones, obviously. And then body type is also another factor. So I throw that out to my audience regularly because sometimes they're doing a program and they're doing it as per hormone balancing as the after 50 fitness formula for women. But they're, you know, an ectomorph, meaning really, really lin- linear and straight up and down, no curves, always had a hard time putting on weight, probably sat down to hot dogs and Sundays in their 20s. Nobody liked them because they could eat whatever they want. <laughs> and, you know, they're still a little bit like that. But now it's more concerned about being frail, you know, in 20 and 30 years. And they're really actually trying not to lose weight, but to put it on. And then there's endomorph. 
And that's a curvy girl. So Marilyn Monroe, then maybe not so much now because of lack of estrogen. If they're in middle age or older, they're putting weight on around the belly, but there's still, there's a lot of padding in the cushions, shall we say. And then there's mesomorph. So a little bit more athletic, you know, you kind of always looked like you were athletic, even if you weren't and you respond pretty well. So you start lifting weights or you start doing any exercise you'll be the one in the room who people can tell right away that you're doing something different or even you, you can tell. So each one of those, you know, has a very different exercise formula. So think back to when you guys learned in maybe high school to first lift weights, the formula that almost everybody, at least that I went to school with, and even I taught for years was three sets, 10 repetitions. That's how we strength train. Doesn't matter if you're a girl, a guy, you're a track, you're a football, you're, you know, want to be in a bikini. That's how we do it. I mean, you're going to want to go back and slap your PE teacher because that's a bulk building protocol. So for all those women out there who were scared of weight training, because I get bulky when I lift. Well, probably you won't now, but you might have then because that's what you were given and that's also about the time snack wells came out with no fat. So we were all just stuffing ourselves with carbs. That didn't happen <laughs> either. So there's that. So if you're that very linear trying to put on muscle, you want that bulk building protocol right now because that's what you need. Three times 10, that's your jam, right? And then you, you want to eat before and you want to eat after and try to maintain that muscle, get some protein in. And you can stand for some extra carbs as well. If you're an endomorph, you want to go heavier. So you actually want to try and fatigue at 10 or fewer repetitions. Not when you start, you've got to start light for rest, but you want to get to that point. And if you're one of those muscular, lucky girls who responds really well, stay away from that three times 10, write a letter to your PE teacher, sue (laughs) the school, but then look at going really heavy or going light and do more reps. You can mix it up and do whatever you want because it'll probably work for you to stay out of the middle. So it's almost like no benefit zone. The middle is not the place to be for a lot of reasons. Wow. I've learned a lot just in that. Yes, absolutely. And even just like identifying what other people's body types are like just from those three Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important. I mean, I think we're learning more and more about individual approach or at least looking at phenotypes or categories that help us to either, Mm. you know, be able to pursue and get the best out of anything. I do want to ask you about recovery. How important is recovery? And is it just as important as, like, you can't have recovery without exercise, (laughs) right? But there's a lot of benefit in recovery if I'm right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the older you get, the more important it is. And, you know, nobody in their 50s is necessarily assigned to need to do less than somebody in their 20s. But they do need more recovery between the doing of whatever it's going to be. So it's at some point after 40, so we can almost say a certainty that at 50 and older, this is true, but it changes for each of us at a slightly different place that our need for recovery is going to increase pretty dramatically. And yet we can look at 20-year-olds and say, that's like a thumbprint too. 
that recovery is very unique to individuals of all ages. But you at 40 need more recovery time than you at 20 did. And likewise, you at 50, you at 60. And yet you can do just as much. You can work just as hard relatively Mm. to younger you or somebody else who's younger. So the typical Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, if you look at a fitness schedule, you go into class, it's that's when I'm going to work out. That's when I'm going to my exercise class. Actually, we need to change it. So Monday and Thursday is a better strength training session schedule, Tuesday, Friday, however you want to plan that. But putting 72 hours of rest instead of just 48 for often, for a lot of people, less soreness, more freshness. That means at that next workout, they're going to be able to lift heavier weight or do more repetitions to fatigue Mm. in advance than more energy expenditure during, which means that better afterburn, more energy expenditure after when your body is paying back and recovering and replenishing. So if you do it right, the mantra at Flippy 50 is less exercise. And that's why. So actually twice a week working out as opposed to three times a week strength training with more rest between will get you better workouts that then get better results. Wow. I like that too, because you can work your schedule around that, can't oh, yeah, you? It's much easier to work yeah. your schedule around too. <laughs> Plus you've got a little bit more responsibility. I think, you know, as we go through phases and stages, there'll be a moment in time where we'll have a little bit less, but then I think it gets full on again. Mm-hmm. So that works. That works. <laughs> um, I really like this idea of rather than saying, you know, you need to lose weight or you need to get in shape, that you need to be strong. Because I actually think whether you're 95 or 15, being strong is probably best for your body. I mean, I know last week I was not feeling strong. I think it was a hormonal week. And every time I got up off the chair, I was, was (laughs) 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 and I did like yoga last week and it was one of the ashtanga, I think is what you call it, where it does like the flow. And I'd never done the flow, this version of it. And I couldn't barely move for like the next 24 hours. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting that I thought, okay, I know this is because of, you know, what's going on with my hormones and everything. But at the same time, I really know I need to be stronger so that I'm not going, oh, and I get off the couch. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh. But yeah, I mean, I want to be 95 and be able to do exactly what I want to do. So, Well, that's what I'm talking about when we talk about recovery as well, because I think when we do the wrong type of exercise, we can be sore for longer as well. And therefore, that's not that useful. puts you off too. Well, yeah, you don't exactly. Want to go and rush to do it again. And then, you know, there's so many other things that obviously impact recovery that we don't have time to go into. But, you know, obviously your lifestyle plays a big role mm-hmm. within that as well. So I think it's important to be able to, I just like the discussion about less sometimes is more. Oh, I like that too. It's, think- but it's not no <laughs> exercise. Like sometimes I say this to patients too. It's like it's when I say less is more, like less food is sometimes better for certain people that have hormone imbalances. I'm, like, I'm not saying no food. <laughs> We're not in the business of starving or stopping. It's about working out what's actually going to be beneficial for you. Um, is there anything else that you want to add in your experience when it comes to menopause that you think that we've gotten wrong before we finish? Because I just think it's such a, a non disclosed area. It's like this secret women's business that we've all of a sudden started talking about. Is there anything else? Yeah, well, for sure. And it's, you know, it's going to be inclusive of all hormone stages, but 
I mean, the reason why women in midlife, I think, are so important to me is that really the mission that's emerged for me is that, you know, there is no more important health influencer in the world than a midlife woman. She influences three generations. And you you might be doing this in a younger age as well, but young adult children are still looking to her, maybe for the credit card, but for, certainly for advice. <laughs> and, and I can tell you how I know that or I'd have to kill you. And her parents, parents and in-laws, you know, as well as her own household, her peers, her spouse, partner. And who else has that kind of influence? I mean, she's got... of all household purchases and habits are influenced by her. That's not news. But if we think, okay, she's doing that actually for three generations, not just for herself, that's huge. So if she's taking care of herself, which is the hardest thing for a midlife woman to get, who's been serving and giving and putting other people first. So if we can switch the conversation if we need to, to get her to realize that they're watching and she and her actions are what will determine how healthy they are. Mm. That may be the flip that needs to go on for her so that we can get her to take care of herself. And that doesn't change just one woman's story. That changes history. Oh my goodness, I love that. I often say to patients, when they'll say, oh, I can't get my daughter to listen. I can't get my kids to do X, Y, or Z. And I always say, you just need to be an example. That's actually what your role is here because that becomes what is home base. I say that's what feels to be normal to come home again. And so I think that's really important is setting that example because no one wants to be preached to. Kids especially don't want to be told what to do. We know that even though Mm. sometimes it's in their best interest. But I think when they have the example of being able to watch that and see that and that just be what's their normal that they know, it's very ingrained, isn't it, in a really healthy and positive way. I, I really love that you've said that. Also too, it's that thing of, you know, giving yourself permission to look after yourself Mm. and the benefit that comes from that. Don't put yourself on the bottom of the list. We're good at that as women. Yeah. And I love what you said just there now when you said nobody loves to be or wants to be preached to. You know, I use that example when I'm talking to fitness professionals and they're they're posting on social media and they're not, not reaching their audience. I say, well, you know, are you preaching and teaching or are you raising and praising? You know, because, you know, people will listen if you can let them know that maybe there's a common enemy, like that you're on their side. It's not your fault. But, you know, when you start saying, don't do this, you know, mm, yes, you hear that don't part, you know. So true. We have loved talking with you today, Deborah. Where can people find you? I'm at flipping50.com all the time. <laughs> all words spelled out. Which is the best. I love it because I think of just giving the bird when I Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think that's probably part of it, isn't it? It is. It is flipping that entire second 50. And the way we think about it, it's really about expectations. Yeah. I just keep thinking about something you said at the beginning about, you know, the way that you approach things and this idea that in the 80s, everybody was getting into the Jane Fonda workout. <laughs> 
It's true. Yeah. It's true though, right? <laughs> I want Jane Fonda to come back and, you know, I want those leotards to come back. At the, I want those leotards to come back. She posted an exercise video yesterday. Oh, did she? She did. Yeah. She's doing a little strength training at home and she was holding a bar behind her back and it looks like there's something coming. She's 83. Wow. She's amazing. I love her. Right? I do love her. <laughs> I love, I love her. Too. I love you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. This has been awesome. Yep. Yep. Thanks for having me. The future looks bright. That's how it does. Mm. It's always so lovely to hear things like exercise less. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> I'm into that. Having said what she spoke about, though, that at the end there totally mm. resonates with me. Olivia was saying the other week she was whinging about basketball and she does play a lot. She plays rep basketball and so that's, you know, a that's commitment. A it's yep. six games-ish a week, six what? training or games-ish a week. That's a lot. But she said to me, I just don't want to go. And I said, well, you know... I still play netball. I still play team sport. And I think it's really important for all the reasons that she just mentioned. But I said to Liv, you know what? I so most Tuesdays do not want to go and play netball. I actually don't. It's the last thing I want to do. It's a pain in the bum. It's right in the middle of dinner time. But I know that it's a monkey see, monkey do. And to a degree, if I'm not doing that and providing that exposure and visual almost for her, why am I expecting that out of her if I'm mm. not doing it myself? So it was a very interesting conversation to have with her. And I, I said, I said, I don't necessarily love it, but I love when I'm there. And I afterwards. love strategizing with the team. And I also love how I feel afterwards. Mm. And so it is very true. I think we have this wonderful privilege to be the example. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Love it. Don't put yourself last. No. Although it is hard. I <laughs> Do you know, it's funny you say that. I decided I was going to join this new gym that's open near us. I tried to call in. It's one of those gyms where they don't really have many staff, yes. right? Yes. No staff. No one to take my details. Oh. So I sent them a message through Facebook. Nobody got back to me. Oh. I rang yesterday, got through to head officer, like, what do you want? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I said, Not- I want to join this gym. And then I got a call back from the guy who owns the gym saying, I had a message to call you, but I don't know what it's about. So I oh, thought, wow. I definitely know this is not my place. No, this is not for me. <laughs> I found another one. I think it's going to be better. Oh, my goodness. Ah, oh dear. All well, right. We're out of reviews at the moment, which breaks my little heart. So oh, I well. just want to put it out there in case uh, anyone feels so called to <laughs> go and leave one for me. Yeah. <laughs> we just like the positive reinforcement. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's good in measured doses. Otherwise, yes. you know, you've got, you got to have some reality checks now and then. Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. That's not where I operate from. Right. Sorry about that. Until <laughs> next time, we hope you're feeling a little bit happier, healthier, and better. 